Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. you are now listening to the P13 Podcast. All right, welcome to the P13 Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. We are back again, Michael and Thomas. Hello. Ta- those sweet sounds. There's Thomas Conway on the other end of me right here. Similar to whale sounds. Oh, yes. We yeah. are very much into those for these last couple of days. One of us is. One of us is, yes. We're not going to let you know who. You're going to have to guess. Ooh, I'm leaving it up to the audience to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. I like it. We're still going. Going we are, strong. We are. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I've actually come to really look forward to these sessions. Um, you know, it's just good to, good to chat with you. Good to share our experiences with the audience because that's what it's all about. And I agree. Hopefully all of you are taking away some little snippets here and there. Mm-hmm. Learning a few things and trying to apply it in the daily life. That's kind of our big goal here. And take what you like and avoid the bullshit. Always. That's the end of the episode, actually. Yeah, we'll <laughs> save that for later. <laughs> um, but anyways, today's topic is one we have mentioned. Oh, side note, ditto. I do enjoy these chats and I always look forward to these as well. So. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Today's topic is one we have mentioned before here and there throughout our episodes. It is one in relation to injuries. We often talk about this topic relating to those injuries, re- often relating to reducing those injuries. It's easy to overlook this topic because of its lack of allure or sexiness, one might say. Mm -hmm. Today, we're talking about flexibility and mobility. Am I right? You are correct, sir. Yeah. You are correct. The literal (laughs) term is the quality of bending easily without breaking. Now, with regards to the body... Like the with regards to the body, flexibility is the ability of the muscle or muscle groups to lengthen passively through a range of motion. And we can often interchange this with mobility, which is working actively through the range of motion. Am I correct on that? In a way, you are. However, this is this is a good part of the topic to start with Mm -hmm. is the difference between the two yes is there a difference between the two some would say yes there is and others would say no there's not um and i think i fall into the latter so i think that flexibility and mobility are essentially the same things and should be thought of as the the same things um they should work cohesively is what you're saying uh yes they should work cohesively but they're really you know let me put it this way. I don't know why someone would want to develop the ability to take a joint through a range of motion without being able to control it. Right. So, um, even if I'm working on like there, there is in, in the context of training, there is passive flexibility, right. Where you're, but even then, like there is going to be some tone to the muscle that you're stretching. Mm -hmm. There always will be, you can never completely, shut off the electrical impulses that are going through your muscles, right? So, I mean, I think there's always a level of activation associated with flexibility. Uh, So in, in my opinion, they're, they're pretty much, pretty much the same thing. Sometimes people will refer to mobility more, uh, more specifically when they're talking about like mobilizing a joint where flexibility is maybe, associated more with the lengthening of the tissues surrounding a joint. But again, it's kind of one in the same. Yeah, um, yeah. 
so you know i've had conversations with people they're like yeah i want to focus on mobility not flexibility and it's and you know i i think i think there's potentially a lack of understanding there from that that individual um but uh yeah ultimately you want to develop you want to develop more options within your body you want to be well-rounded you want to be well-rounded well-rounded right? on this you don't yeah you don't want to be just strong and and uh unable to like unable to move unable to yeah. bend over to pick something up off the floor um tie your shoes tie your shoes like be able to wipe <laughs> items off the ground yes good save there mr Kala. anyways but continuing on like we said earlier it's not the sexiest thing in the world would you agree yeah so flexibility gets unfortunately gets i don't want to say a bad rap but it gets buried a little bit it gets buried and people would rather do other things and i think that's for a number of reasons one i think that's a misconception of what is required to have a healthy body that functions well Mm -hmm. You know, people just think I just need to get X amount of hit sessions in and I'll be healthy and burning the calories, lifting the burning the calories, lifting the weights. And and for maybe some people, that's okay for them to just focus on that and work, work up to that point. But if you, in my opinion, if you truly want a healthy body that's going to promote longevity throughout the years and allow you to do things that you enjoy and whether it's in the gym or out of the gym, I do think flexibility needs to be something that you incorporate into your training regimen. Agreed. We forget sometimes about the processes that the body needs to go through in order to get those movements. Yes. For example, just a simple squat. Right. There's sometimes forgetting just like, oh, hey, your body doesn't get into this proper range of motion. We have to work on certain items in order to have that happen so you can achieve um, what the other goal is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like if you do have a a specific squat goal in terms of weight. Um, you know, if you're only able to do a partial squat, well, I mean, it's going to be tr- pretty tough to achieve that goal mm-hmm. unless you work on developing that range of motion. Absolutely. And we kind of, and so you already touched on this a little bit. So why should we develop this flexibility? Yeah. So I think the first thing, you know, the first, and in my opinion, the most important thing for the average person that's not an athlete or not trying to pursue like a crazy fitness goal or anything like that is that generally you'll just feel better. Like I don't know of many people with the exception of some people that maybe are hypermobile because of um, maybe like a genetic condition they were born with or because they've done a certain practice for a long period of time. But on, on average, I don't know many people that as they get more flexible would be like, I feel worse. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't sound, yeah, it It sounds awkward even to say it. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm flexible, but I am super uncomfortable sitting in this position. Like my hamstrings are less tight. I'm not comfortable sitting down. You just don't (laughs) hear it. They just don't go together. So that's the biggest thing is that if, you know, if you're someone that is initially getting into or trying to get into a fitness routine, one of the most common reasons is that people just want to feel better, mm-hmm. right? And so then working backwards from that, well, flexibility is one of the the best ways to make that happen. And sure, people will feel better as they get stronger too, but at the same time, 
I have known plenty of people that are new to training and like just focus on strength and they end up, you know, maybe some, they get a tweak here and there or something is, is chronically or always aching, like always their right shoulder or their left hip or whatever. Um, and they're not taking that time to work on the flexibility aspect of their training. And that's kind of what can happen. And you get into some of the practices that come out of that. Some of them are your typical archaic. I would, would archaic be the best way to pronounce that? Like I'm your not simple, sure. Depends like, on what you're going to say next. It's like, oh, I'm feeling a little tension in my shoulder while I'm benching. Maybe I'm just going to stretch out my... I'm going to pull my arm across my chest mm, and stretch yeah, out my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe archaic is the right word for that. It's It's the concept that, like, people just think... And I, I hear it all the time too. Mm -hmm. People just think, oh, I just need to, just needs to loosen up. Or, yeah. or the other thing that I hear a lot is, you know, if someone is, you know, yeah, doing a bench press and they're like, oh, my shoulder feels a bit weird today. I just need to lay off it for a while. And that's another thing that's like, mm, no, I that's don't a think warning so. sign. We talked about yeah, this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Remember those sensations that you feel, even if that one is not pain specifically, um, it's usually like your body is sending you that signal for a reason. It doesn't just do it, right? It's that's that's not efficient for the body to just be like, "Hey, lighten up the the right shoulder here for no apparent reason," right? Like that just doesn't make sense biologically. It is telling you something, and so it is important that you listen to it and address it accordingly. And again, it's not the sexiest thing, but no. Does it provide value to your life and to your goals? Yeah, and I think question. absolutely, yeah. Um, so then, is it yoga? Is flexibility yoga? Yeah, that's a very good question. You hear it a lot. Hey, I'm, I'm doing flexibility. I'm going to go to yoga. This is nothing against yoga has very yeah. high value. Let's preface this yes. by saying that there's, there's nothing wrong with yoga, you know, and I think if people want to do that, that's totally, that's great. But I would also say that, and I... I too am not like, I can't say I've done a ton of yoga classes. I've done a few. Mm -hmm. I would just say that there are other intentions around yoga generally that I've seen. And those are not bad things either, but it's usually a little bit more of a meditative practice, you know, and yes, there are positions that you have to hold that can allow people to build strength and develop some flexibility. But I do also think that sometimes, and it maybe depends on the type of yoga, I do think sometimes it lacks kind of a structured and systematic approach to developing flexibility, especially in a specific area. So if you're someone that you have uh, tight pecs, let's say, could you develop flexibility in your pecs from doing yoga? I think yes, you could. However, you also could not if you did months and months of yoga because their approach is maybe not specific enough to targeting the mm -hmm. pecs, right? So it also lacks a degree of specificity that you would find in, in a more structured flexibility program. Say for example, I know my hamstrings are tight. There is a way to develop flexibility in a targeted approach for your hamstrings that's just going to be more focused on that specific area. So let's go deeper into that. You're talking about developing that program. How do you do that? 
So going back to the hamstring side, yeah. So how do I treat this? How do I go about that? So the the thing that people often um, misunderstand about flexibility training is that it should be programmed very similar to any strength program that you would do. A lot of what I've learned in terms of flexibility training has been from a couple mentors of mine, a couple coaches that I work with. Uh, Jeff Wolf is one of them. Uh, and then Lucas Aaron is another one. And then from there too, they have their mentors that I've kind of explored a little bit. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Kit Laughlin that has a lot of good flexibility stuff. And then there's a guy by the name of Emmett Lewis that also has some really good flexibility information that you can kind of draw from. So, but kind of going back to the, the question is, you know, it should be structured very much so like a strength program. And I've experienced this with myself. So, you know, I've, I would say I've been just brief little background on my, my flexibility training. I've really been thinking a lot about flexibility and, and incorporating it into my practice for probably, I mean, well, it's been off and on for maybe like 18 months, but then have really dialed it in with this more, this approach of more specificity, probably going on maybe eight months. And the interesting part about that is I am just scratching the surface. So that's another thing talking about program and structure is it is going to take time. Yes. So you don't have the same response necessarily to that you would on a strength training program. So a lot of people when they're strength training, you can get newbie gains in the first like month yeah you know three weeks you might see your numbers shoot up drastically 10 pounds right 15 and that is the first thing that is is adaptation of the nervous system so you're probably not building new muscle necessarily efficiency um yeah your body is just learning movements better then you start to see some muscular changes uh you know usually 8 to 12 weeks Mm -hmm. um so flexibility is is a little bit slower to develop for most people but what do you think that is? So I think the one of the bigger reasons is that is that flexibility, you're also dealing with ligaments and tendons mm-hmm. and they're just much slower to respond. You are you are also dealing with muscles as well. But ligaments and tendons I think are just slower to respond. They have less blood supply yeah. than muscle. And then I also think there's a big nervous system component. Um, you know, when you feel a stretch sensation, that is your body. Again, when we talk about body sending you signals, that is your body telling your brain, I'm in a vulnerable position because the muscle is at its end range. And if we go further, we are going to risk injury, right? So that's the thing with flexibility training is you have to get to that point and then you have to part of it is teaching your body to calm down in that position and be okay with that sensation. So there's this interesting biopsychosocial element of flexibility uh, where it's literally you're having to tell your body to calm down. It's going to be okay. And as you do that more and more, then that's how you can increase that range of motion. And there definitely is physiological changes that occur as well. Um, But so back to like, how you develop a program, same concepts that apply to strength training apply to flexibility. So you need volume, right? 
So volume would mean like sets and reps, sets and reps, time metrics. Like, I mean, the, the flexibility is also hard to measure That's because it's not like I benched five more pounds. Instead, you could go the old school way with the protractor. Yeah. Or the uh, touch test. Seated, touch yeah. Test, yes. Seated, seated reach test. Um, <laughs> but, but ultimately what it is, is like just visually, are you closer to getting into whatever position you're trying to achieve? If that's a standing pike. Are your hands more on the ground, right? And unless you're taking pictures of yourself or video throughout your sessions, you're, it's yeah. hard to tell. Like you said. It's pretty hard to tell. I mean, if you're someone that starts where you can barely bring your hands below your knees and then in, you know, two months you can touch the floor. That's one. Obviously, you're going to be like, <laughs> oh, I've improved. But more often than not, especially as you progress further with your flexibility, the photos do become valuable because you may not know until you do a side-by-side -side comparison of, the shot from two months ago to the to the current shot mm -hmm. so volume is one thing intensity you need intensity so you can't and this is where we talked about the person that you know their shoulder feels weird on the bench so they cross their arm against their chest for 30 seconds and and they also do it in a way that's just pretty lackadaisical right yes. and they're just like i'll just do this for 30 seconds that's not going to do it right you need some intensity just like in strength training if you constantly you know bench press the same weight and you're not increasing intensity because usually in strength training intensity is load yep then you're not going to get stronger right that also ties into the concept of progressive overload so with flexibility there are weighted flexibility exercises and this is I just use that as an example because it's the one that makes the most sense. But if I am doing a standing single leg good morning, or actually let's use Jefferson curl. Okay. If I'm doing a Jefferson curl and I start with like a 15 pound dumbbell over time. I do want to, you know, load that up more and, and progressively overload the movement. Right. So we're getting stronger as in that new range as we're getting new range. So that's why weighted mobility or weighted mobility or flexibility is a really good approach to training flexibility because you're going to be developing that new range motion while at the same time you're going to be loading that new range motion, which means you're strengthening it. Giving your body options. Yes. As you like as you said. And now relating our flexibility to the strength training side there's a misconception in the health and fitness industry that flexibility makes you weaker, right? Which from a physiological perspective just doesn't really make sense, you know? So we have to understand first and foremost, and some of this comes from a presentation that Jeff gave. Maybe we'll be able to share that at some point. Um, but we have to understand that strength and flexibility are governed by the same system. Mm -hmm. And that is the nervous system, right? So the all important, the all important nervous system. So if you're getting stronger, like your nervous system is playing a huge role in that, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's adapting to the stress and the stimulus that you're providing it. It's telling the muscles how to fire, when to fire and what to fire. Yes. Um, and an example of flexibility in the nervous system, you may have heard this before that if someone puts you under anesthesia, uh, your body can pretty much be put into whatever position. So that then suggests that 
what is preventing that from happening when we're conscious is our nervous system, again, sending those signals, creating that feedback loop of we should not go any further because we could be putting our, our body in danger, right? And that's just a little anecdote to provide the understanding that, again, like if you're unconscious, your joints can go in. And put you in anything. Anything. We can make Roll a little pretzel. Well, yeah, a pretzel. A little pretzel. Come um, out with your, like, uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah. And, and so understand that they're governed by the same system. So if we improve, um, if we improve our flexibility, we're also tapping into that element of the ner- nervous system. And again, the concept of weighted mobility, we're then strengthening those ranges as we develop them. And that kind of ties into this next concept, which is the strength curve. So, um, and this is pretty well known in exercise physiology, learned this in my, uh, my advanced ex phys classes that I took in school. So there's every muscle has a strength curve and it's in the shape of a bell curve. And what that means is that when you contract a muscle, so you're doing a bicep curl, the muscle is going to be strongest in the mid range of the movement, right? On either side of that, when the elbow is fully extended, so the arm is just completely lengthened, the muscle is in its most lengthened position. We're referring to the bicep again. The muscle is in its most lengthened position. Thomas's 20-inch pythons. I don't know if they're 20. They're maybe 15. <laughs> been slacking on the curls lately. Um, then when you are fully contracted at the top of the movement, the muscle is in its most shortened position. So where the strength curve comes into play is you are weakest at the extreme lengthened position and the extreme shortened position. That's where the muscle is the weakest. So flexibility, what flexibility can do is it can strengthen those both sides of the bell curve. And then ultimately what you do when you strengthen both sides you either flatten the curve, which means you're just stronger across, a like throughout range. a longer range, which is good. Um, like or deal. you can even s- increase the strength potential of the entire muscle, right? Which means you can just then get stronger. Which is what everybody wants. Everybody Why wants not? that. Why, Why not? Why not just be overall stronger in the multiple positions? Right, right. So um, so that's how it relates to, to strength training, right? So... Then the other thing to understand too is we are in doing that, we are providing more options for um, the body. So the more flexible you get, the more space there is in a joint, the more ability it has to move through a greater range of motion, which means that when you get into a situation where maybe your shoulder is externally rotated and you have to load it for some reason. I don't know what you're doing Maybe that makes that happen. Over top, I don't know, throwing something onto the top shelf. Potentially. Yeah, who knows? But it can happen, right? Yeah. So what you're then doing is if, you're, if you've trained flexibility in that range, you're then reducing the chance that something can happen because it's been there before. Yeah. It's been there before. It knows what to do. Your nervous system knows not to freak out and that the joint can just accomplish the task that you're asking it to do. So you're providing more options for the joint in various situations. 
So the big thing to understand, we'll wrap this up. Okay. Big thing to understand is that there is a price to pay for lack of development of flexibility. So just understand that, um, especially with the way that we live in our daily lives. I mean, with all the sitting that we do, your hip flexors are shortened. You then tell your body, I'm going to go and do a heavy back squat. I mean, good luck. That could be catastrophic. Could be catastrophic. Examples of this in the real world would be like golfers, baseball players, people that do one movement repetitively. If they don't develop balance and flexibility in their body, more often than not, they end up getting hurt. And there are a lot of examples in that of that in athletics. Another example is powerlifters. If they only do three things, like they get good at those three things, but at what cost? That specialization. specialization. Right. So there's a cost for specializing. There's a cost for not striving for balance in your body. Um, and, you know, we want to avoid that. That leads me to another idea about muscular imbalances, but this we can save for another, another time. Ooh, teaser. Yeah. I'm teased. There we go. Yeah. All right. On that note, folks, avoid the bullshit. Avoid the bullshit. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan. That is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y. B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.